episode 28. Literally, right now, I'm looking at my phone, and I have a, f- a phone call coming in from Sweet, Idaho. That's the name of the town, is Sweet. Um, I'm finding that most of my phone calls are either from my buddy Jason, who insists on talking on the phone, uh, or they are these spam calls, right? And I got to find, honestly, I, I got to say, honestly, I think I am very relieved to find that when the phone is ringing, you know, it vibrates. I'm, I'm like relieved to find that it's just uh, spam. I, for some reason, feel like most of the phone calls I've received in my adult life uh, are bad news or stressful. Uh, someone's passed away or like it's a responsibility I have to act upon. So to see that it's just garbage I can ignore, I got to say I am kind of okay with it. It makes you wonder though, like clearly they wouldn't do this so often. There wouldn't be such a market for uh, these spam robocalls if they weren't making money. So if anything, that what we can kind of take away from these robocalls is like one, sure, they're a nuisance as are mosquitoes, but they are kind of a lesson in casting as wide a net as possible. And this works in a lot of aspects of life, I assume. Uh, I bet you could apply it to obviously business, cast as wide a net as at a potential customer base as possible. I used to use it all the time when I was trying to book dates for Lightning. You know, I just would email every single club in every single city uh, and try to organize that way. Um, Obviously, the dating pool, you know, just you get out there, you cast a wide net, baby. And then the fish come swimming. Because if there was one thing that I found that during dating, the opposite sex always loved was comparing them to... So what I really want to talk about today is the housing market. So a lot of people might know that Sophie and I at this point have been searching for uh, a home for three plus years. And sure, there are homes out there, uh, especially if you don't mind living in a garden shed for $500,000 with a 7% interest rate. And the irony is I look back to when we first started moving and the houses that we passed on uh, were because they didn't meet my or Soph's like high criteria. You know, I, <laughs> the the realtor would ask like, okay, so what are you? What are your non-negotiables? And I would say like, okay, it's got to have you know two acres. It's got to have you know golden faucets. It's got to have uh, you know uh, the idea of natural light, but not natural light that I have to squint about. It's got to have fireplaces in each bathroom. It's got to have surround sound in the attic. And now she'll you know she'll call us and I'll be on the phone and I start giving answers kind of like, oh, so it's across the street from a cemetery. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sure that that's probably fine. You know, I got some friends that live across the street. Oh, it's in the cemetery. Oh. Okay. Uh, what are the schools like? But in reality, is it crazy to want at least as good a house as I grew up in? I mean, I remember I had a loving family. I loved my childhood. It was not an awesome house. My parents definitely made less money than I do now. And I can't even afford that. I, I can't grasp it. It's really frustrating. I really feel like I, I played by all society's rules. I went to college. I paid off my loans. I have, I have not lived in excess in any way possible. You know, Sophie and I live a very specific and hard-lined lifestyle. And ugh, timing. And to have to face the realization that factors that have nothing to do with us and our responsibilities up to this point in our lives are the root cause of us not being able to find a home that meets at least some of our criteria is extremely disheartening. I mean... We're both public school teachers on tenured salaries. We bought into the American dream, and it really feels as if it has sold on us without even a care. And this isn't a complaint about my life or my existence. I wake up many days, and after I come to the realization that I do have to go to work and I come to terms with that, I do feel as though that I am the luckiest man alive. And if I felt that way a lot this summer when I had so many people that love me and that I love all in one place at one time, I truly believe that I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world. Soph and I just were able to go to Europe both of the last two summers, and I understand how fortunate and lucky I am. 
And it's not even that I just want a home. I want the freedom to make my own life in the space that I design. Um, and I can't do that in an apartment. You know, boo-hoo, cry for me. Uh, my life has been awesome, and I'm complaining about it. But in reality, something is going on with the housing market that is really frustrating and is limiting a lot of people. We're all of a sudden becoming a society where owning a home is a luxury, and that's an absolute insane proposition. So this was an episode with all seriousness. Here's a joke. What do you call a dancing train? A locomotion. I just re-edited the episode, so I have a few more seconds for another joke. Here's an old one. What do you get when you unknowingly add uh, bread yeast to a stew you're cooking? You get a surprise. By the way, the bathroom thing happened to me again today. Huge wall of steak. <laughs>